on this episode of the goal line fade and we didn't think we we're gonna get to talk any more basketball Psst. play the music I am Zach, your host, with my RB1, Brian, and we are here today to talk more maps. Uh, like I said in the header, we thought we were done talking for a minute, but we got more and more and more and more. But first, we roll into the uh, news that's been going on. Brian, how are you, man? How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, here at the crib with some dogs that are go-win nuts, and uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, most of our listeners have dogs. They get it. They get it. My mind will wait. She's cool right now. Yeah. But she's about to go nuts. Continue on. on. Other than that, I finally saw Quiet Place 2. Finally saw it. Did I oversell, undersell? No, No, it was it was terrific. It was very good. Not as good as the first one, but by like that much, like not noticeably. (laughs) Yeah, it was terrific. It was very good damn fine for a sequel right yeah absolutely yeah man like i was so impressed i don't know if you saw but they're doing a third one mm-hmm. that is going to be uh kind of an alternate not an alternate timeline but essentially the it's a, it's going to have a completely different cast of characters it's not going to be the same family and it's going to yeah it's going to be a different family's adventure through the same you know uh armageddon you know whatever you want to call it uh extinction event i wonder if since i don't want to say anything spoilerish i wonder if the pads will cross though oh yeah yeah it'll, it'll, uh, yeah it'd be cool i do think that would be a that would be a thing yeah with, with the way the second one ended yeah you know yeah it, it could uh yeah i don't want to i don't want to spoil anything either but yes yeah i absolutely that'd be cool well, heck yeah, man. So, well, heck yeah. Well, with me, um, I'm glad you saw Quiet Place. Tara and I started watching Sweet Tooth. My wife and I started watching them. Have you heard of that show? I've heard of it. I have not watched it. Um, have you watched Loki, by the way? Oh, of course. Yeah. I, I have not. I, I haven't watched either episode. I need to watch it. I've heard it's very good. It's it's terrific. I okay, love cool. it. I'll, it's so I'll probably watch it tonight, actually, after the gym, honestly. I I'm gonna, as soon as we finish recording, I'm going to go work out and then... Um, make dinner with my wife when she gets she gets here about 6 45 ish and then i think i'm gonna watch that or or watch sweet tooth very weird i don't know if i like it we're in two episodes in i don't know we started watching it because we were in uh fredericksburg last weekend not the weekend that just happened but the weekend before uh which was awesome real you know great food wine beer everything amazing i probably gained like seven or eight pounds that weekend but um we were like bored one, not bored, but everything closes at 10. So we weren't ready for bed yet. So we were just still up and like we'd logged onto the smart TV in our room and somebody named Bill has, had left his Netflix account logged in and he just watched Sweet Tooth. So we're like, well, let's see what Sweet Tooth is about. So, <laughs> so we watched the first episode down there and then we watched episode two last night. Interesting. It's about sickness and mutated babies being born. Which yeah. one came first? But people blame the mutated babies, and it's very—I don't know where it's going, but uh, it's got me uh, got me intrigued a bit. Got me intrigued. I'll, I'll keep watching. I'll keep Fair watching. Enough. Fair enough. We'll see. So, yeah, uh, we didn't record last week. Unfortunately, I had a death in the family, so uh, was not able to kind of make it work. And I'm kind of gl- not not glad we didn't record. Uh, it's never a good thing to not record. But man. Um, the the news came out Wednesday and Thursday, or was it Tuesday and Thursday, right? Yeah, Tuesday and Thursday. Um, and for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, uh, Donnie Nelson, the GM for the Mavs, he's been with the Mavs for 24 years overall, uh, was fired uh, on Tuesday, which came out of nowhere, by the way. Um, and then uh, Rick Carlisle, two days later, after saying, because his name was popping up in rumors about the Milwaukee job, if Milwaukee was eliminated, 
being a top candidate. And he made, he emphatically said, this is before Don, Donnie Nelson got fired though. Uh, he said that he was not going to go anywhere. So yeah, he quit, he stepped down. Uh, and in his thank you, uh, did not mention Luca at all. He did say all of his players, so you can take that for what it, what you will. Uh, but he didn't specifically say Luca's name in there. And there's been a lot of crazy reports that Brian and I are going to talk about that have come out this last week between the low post on, on by Zach Lowe, between just no local media. Just we're finding out a lot of stuff we had no clue about, really about relationships and such. And so it all, it all started with that report in the Athletic. You know, that's where that was the Tim Cato, Tim Cato. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember the other writer's name, but yeah, that's, that was kind of the genesis of, of this entire shit storm. And so for those of you listening, if you have not read that article, go find it because it's, it's a very good read. And then you'll, you'll fall into a rabbit hole of, of Maverick shit storm that we're about to function and everything. Yeah. Oh, my gosh speaking of dis- speaking of you know like you know what's crazy to me right now i'm thinking about undoes that's like the theme i think of the podcast right now because carlisle is no longer here and brian and i have notably talked about how much we dislike hate being a strong word but it's i think it's strong here i uh, like rajon rondo for instance and it like it's totally rick carlisle's fault that we hate him <laughs> Because yeah. he went everywhere else and won yep. and did very well, was a great teammate, and Rick didn't make it work. There was a narrative that you and I talked about. Uh, we mentioned it on the pod as well about players coming here, and it's been emphatically stated by people in the circle and the know about players not wanting to come to Dallas because of Rick, which is something that's intriguing to me as well because, you know, He's a great coach, but it just shows the difference in coaching when football and basketball. Yep. Players don't really want a Popovich-type coach. They want a coach that will make smart timeouts, that will motivate them, that will help train them, understand the rotations, like that, the jigsaw puzzle of it, but they want somebody that's going to let them do their thing is what I'm kind of gathering from just the data and, and, and everything. So Yeah, so like – a couple of things. One, in uh, you and I on multiple occasions have come to the defense of Rick Carlisle. Sure. To this, because we've talked about whether or not you know there was rumors that are not rumors, but there was a movement in the Dallas Mavericks fan base, people who wanted him fired, and that 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 that. You and I both sure. were not for them. Right. With all that being said, and I still stand by all those things that we said, there were some notable downsides, and even more. Uh, negatives that we didn't know about until this till this last week or so's revelations that make it to where you know I look I, I, I think at the end of the day I'd still rather have Rick Carlisle here than not but I'm not I'm not crying about it you know I think we could feasibly walk out of this situation better off than we were before here we go Here's my question for you. And I totally do mean to cut you off because I haven't heard it asked. I asked a coworker about it today. So I 100%, and I know it's it's apples to apples, dude, or apples to oranges, whatever cliche you want to use. But I am 100% emphatic that Dallas should have lost to Phoenix yesterday in game one of the Western Conference Finals. Um, The shortcomings in game seven, were because of Carlisle's coaching. And we talked about this on our last pod, the playing Trey Burke out of nowhere. I, I mean, there's dude, it's just, what are you doing, man? Like there's so many things that happened in that game that were just bad decisions on, on, on that, on the coaching part. Sure. So let's just back it up because we matched up well with Utah. And I do believe either it's brink or that's a win. And I had them beating them when I did, we did our million dollar bracket, man. I had Dallas versus the Lakers in the championship and Lakers winning in five is what I have. And I truly believe that Lakers and or Suns, if we could do it all over again, would beat the Mavs in five games, period. Because both teams absolutely, oh, those are the only two teams in the league. Well, them in uh, fucking Chicago Bulls, apparently, and Houston. But let, that's another pod, right? Yeah, yeah. But they absolutely um, 
you know, owned us, but I do believe the Mavs should have lost. But here's the ticker. If the Mavs make it to the Western Conference Finals year three of Luka, let's say that happens. Let's go to the, you know, the Spider-Verse or this, whatever. Are they just running it back? Yeah. Or close to it. Are we going to be better because well, we lost yeah. the way we lost five well, years from now? Again, okay. So I guess it depends. It depends on how we, how it happened, right? If it was one of those things where Luca balls out of his mind, let's let's say hypothetically, Game Seven against the Clippers comes up, and Luca goes out of his mind for you know like fifty five, you know seventeen and twelve or something like that, and then we get to Utah and we're able to just you know go through Utah in six games relatively easy because. Uh, because of how they're set up in the matchups. I think, I don't necessarily think that they completely run it back exactly as, as it is, because I think even if, even if Luca had balled out of his mind and we were in the Western conference finals, I think we would still be able to look at this team and go, yeah, but the only reason that's happening is because Luca is playing as good as anyone's ever played ever. Right. Right. And, okay. and still see that there's room for improvement. I but but I think the way that the exit happened, I think in the long in the long term, we will be better off for it because there is more uh, it, there there is a a brighter light being shined upon not just the roster but the entire organization, partly because of the way everything went down. You know, it's it's a lot of shakeups are coming because of how everything went down. And, and if we were recorded last week when the breaking news happened, um, I kind of like how the, our podcast is kind of as the dust has settled right yeah. here. We've kind of had a week to reflect on everything. If we could have recorded a podcast just reacting to what happened with Donnie, one thing I would have said about Rick was he's on borrowed time right now yeah. because a new GM is bringing in his guy. Yep. And both of us had said before when, when Donnie was still here, this is probably the year like, Hey man, they got that, that close to winning a playoff series, an aggressive summer. And then it's, it's like, they're, it's getting close. Like we both, he wins the playoff series. Maybe that may, that would have loosened the the leash a little bit, but we're like, it's getting close. We think that we're, we're getting close to being there. And um, last podcast, we were talking about Jason Kidd. And I had mentioned to you that I thought it was funny he pulled out of the Portland job or wouldn't even interview you for it. And I, I said that I think Jason Kidd's holding out to see what happens with Rick Carlisle and what happens with um, the Lakers. And you're like, well, Rick's not going to go anywhere. I'm like, I think he's still holding out, though. I think he would. I think he was, he's even willing to be an assistant for a year to see how it pans out. And here we go. The Dallas is an opening. They've discussed internally him already, but they want it to be the GM's decision. I think it's a two-man race for the head coaching job. I think it's Kidd or Moe's. I don't know, man. I, I was reading a report earlier um, by one of the guys that does the Locked On uh, Mavs podcast. I can't remember who it was. Isaac Harris. It might have been Isaac Harris. Either uh, Who's the other one? Nick Angstead. One of those yeah. two. I can't remember. But they were talking about how essentially that we're going to hear a whole lot of about Jason Kidd, but that their sources within the team say that there's about a 2% chance that that would ever happen just because of the way Mark feels about Jason Kidd and the, the reputation that Jason Kidd has around the league as a backstabber. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I look, I would be open to it because I think if there is any coach, any, any coach out there that, other than maybe Steve Nash, that would be perfect for Luca. Just specifically for Luca, Jason Kidd might be that guy. You it's know? honestly, it's Kidd or Kidd or D'Antoni would be the perfect for Luca. I, would, I look, he's old as dirt, but I would take D'Antoni in a second. In a I second. like Mosley's youth. Yeah. I like Mosley's youth and the fact he's one of those coaches that's like he's in good enough shape to like play with them. Like he'll come on the court and show what kind of defense they're going to throw at him and how to overcome it. So there's a good hands-on approach there as well. Yeah. Uh, the legacy thing of Jason Kidd, that would be kind of kind of cool. The yeah. fact that he was with Dallas and drafted, 
and then he was traded away. Then he was traded away again, made the finals, but it, twice it wasn't enough, lost, traded back to Dallas when we were slumping, and then finally got over the hump and won it. That'd be interesting because this would be his third stop coaching. You know, he's already been fired. It's a, it would be a, a cool story, but I, I, I'm not about cool stories. I think the one thing, whether it would be an Antoni, which I think is a long shot, I think Mosley is the favorite right now. Yeah. Or um, – by the way, like the betting, if you look at Vegas's betting odds, he's the favorite by a massive. Oh, amount. sure, yeah, massive amount. I think they're all they're all coaches that players like and respect and would want to play with, and that's a plus. That's a huge plus. That's one thing we need right now is yeah. is that. Yeah, a players coach. We need a players coach badly. Um, again, speaking of players, as the dust settles on the NBA, and we have four teams left standing, right? Um, you know, I got my, my butthurtedness lasted about the first three games of all the series, the second round of being, you know, so heartbroken over the Mavs being eliminated. We've got Atlanta versus Milwaukee and we've got uh, Phoenix versus the Clippers, right? Yep. Um, would you trade KP straight up for Porzingis or not KP, uh, for Ben Simmons? Would you do that? I don't know, man. Like, I've heard a lot of people talking about it today. They were talking about it on the fan. It's all over. It's every, it's, it's ESPN. Yeah. It's, it's the TNT guys. It's the fan. It's all of them. If it was completely straight up, I guess, yes, I would. Yes, I, we would. I, yeah. I, I don't, and to be clear, I don't love it, right? Because he's a, like his, him as an offensive liability is massive, but he does. Yeah. Do, I mean, Massive. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Let's, let's, it's unrelated to the Mavs, but it is related to the Mavs. Okay. Take, take Embiid off of the Sixers, replace him with Luca, and you're starting Dwight Howard. Would that team have beat Atlanta? Um, probably. Yeah. I, that's why you that's what that's your answer that's why you do it i think but, i think that that is he can guard everyone he can he, he can, can absolutely that, that, that right his, that and his athleticism are the only and, and his durability because he is and durable. the the thing that no one's talking about this this i can claim my own since dirk is the number three piece of big news is back in the organization as a special assistant what does that mean comes with Dirk? I Colger. think Colger is around. Colger can be around. Is that is that his name? His shooting coach? It yes, but but that mean down, helps. Slow down. Hold, oh. Pump pump the brakes, like slam on the brakes. <laughs> Dirk, Dirk is gonna be here for about 15 seconds. It's gonna hey. be it's going to be because he he even said it's not he's not willing to come on in a day-to-day -day capacity. He's coming sure. on to Find the GM, find the head coach, and, and give Holger a and give Holger a permanent shooting job to help Ben Simmons. No, but if we like, I like I would love to see that. But what the reason, the main reason why I'd be willing to do it, aside from Ben Simmons' athleticism and defensive ability and and all that other stuff, is I think the reason why Ben Simmons has been such a disappointment is he's being misused in Philadelphia, his entire time in Philadelphia. Because sure. they're, they're treating, because of his passing ability, they're treating him like he has to be the one. He has to be the point guard. He has to initiate the offense. And with Luka, he wouldn't have to do that most of the time. Sure. He would do it some, and he would take a lot of that. He could drive, man. He could body people up, dude. He's he absolutely can. He just can't shoot to save his life. But he would. he could be... A, a couple of different things one he's large enough that they you could get a really nice pick and roll going with him and luca you know with his athleticism absolutely absolutely um, and then there's there's a pick and pop but instead of a pop and shot it's a pop and pass that you sure. can go in with him and luca and then like hardaway or somebody in the corner there's all sorts of really interesting things they could do so i would absolutely do it but they're not gonna they're so there was a guard drafted in 1993 who they said call him Asen because he had no J. That would be Jason Kidd. 
Yeah. And he was notoriously a terrible, terrible, terrible. Let me add like nine more terrible shooters, especially even at threes weren't as prominent back then, but it was really bad. And we both know, because we're, you know, Mavs super fans, that the things that were most important besides being a field general when he came back to Dallas was his three-point shot was tremendous, especially on that playoff run for the championship. And then he can post up. So just putting it out there, I know the kid thing seems unlikely, but if anybody can help the man develop and get where he needs to go, we got Holger, we've got kid. There's a lot of, there's a lot of moving pieces. And like I said, that's not even my favorite one. There's trade KP for CJ McCollum stuff going on now. I'd do that in a second. Yeah. There's, there's, there's DeMar DeRozan signing as a free agent and then making KP your number three scenario. Right. Do that in a second. Although DeMar DeRozan shoots like 2.1% from three-point range. Yeah, no, he, he like the, the, I don't think, oh, well, let me, let me back up here. DeMar DeRozan signing with the Mavs is only an option if Bob Volgaris ends up leaving as well. Because Bob Volgaris won't, he literally, his, his whole thing is, he is completely tied to analytics. And DeMar DeRozan is an analytics nightmare. He's a great baller. Yeah, he's like a mid-range. He's old school, man. Yeah. He's a straight up like, yeah. Yeah, and and the, they like if unless they get rid of Bob Volgaris, he will he will not he will not be on board with signing DeMar DeRozan. And that's DeRozan will be a Laker. I think you heard it here first. That's I my don't, that's I don't my agree. thing. I could see him going to the Lakers. I, if Chris Paul goes somewhere else, I could see him going to the Suns. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but yeah. Woo. I don't Gosh, know. It's heating up, man. We don't have any news yet. I know Cuban was talking shit to some Mav FFLs today that were because he was talking about cryptocurrency and they're like, why don't you tell us about that? And he's like, I was having meetings all day today, actually, but not telling you what's happening. Um, so we're getting close. Sorry. One thing. Oh, this whole scenario, I've, I have over the last 10 years become less and less and less and less fond, fond of Mark Cuban. <laughs> the last, I don't know, 60 hours have made me dislike him so much more than I ever did even before. The, he is what Jerry Jones gets accused of being all the time. Sure. That's, the that's hyper, what the reports it's hyper, it's all out there man that's what i shared it with you yeah the hyper metal you know, know-it-all pain in the ass because i was driving back i was driving back from a funeral when um the news broke and i whipped out my my phone because my wife has a very weak bladder and had to stop so she could pee and uh i looked at my phone and i was like i had just so many text messages from so many different people and then so many alerts and i'm like what like are you kidding me so i'm just soaking all of this info in and yeah a lot a lot of it's on him but the good news is is in my opinion you're not i don't know of many situations where you get a rookie and within before he signs his first deal you're winning a championship i i don't that's not really a thing that happens too often right maybe kobe and Shaq, but that was mainly because of Shaq. yeah right yeah absolutely different different scenario okay we know it was we know it didn't happen that with jordan everything else so in my opinion my humble opinion the luca clock to get this right starts july 1 yeah and that is when he could we can offer him the deal i also expect for us to have a gm and coach before that day yeah what do you think yeah i i absolutely i um i absolutely think so because number one i think they're gonna try to have but I think they're going to try to have both locked up by the end of this week. Yeah, I really do because they, they want, <clears throat> they want, they, they know that they have one of the premium jobs out there. You know, sure, they do. Are in Boston, here? probably in Boston seems to be just as effed up right now as the maps front office from what we're hearing. Yeah, absolutely. Now CBS sports ranked all the available coaching jobs in the NBA and had Dallas as number two. And I agree. You know, again, Boston. Who's one? Portland? No, no, no. Boston was one. Boston was one. Yeah, yeah, Portland. Portland. I'm with them. Portland was way down the list because 
you don't you're it, anyway it's it, they need to trade cj mccollum unfortunately yeah. and that sucks because he's a good player and he's so loyal to that team but they they need to shake it up it's just not happening with those two no and there's only so much you can do with the roster that they have da, da, right. da, da, da. so i think they definitely want to move as quickly as possible i think i would gladly give them i would gladly give them kleba powell and kp for mccollum and nurkic let's go like <laughs> like yesterday let's go yeah. i mean it doesn't seem like <laughs> i would never take that deal. no of course yeah. not but let's do it yeah. can you imagine how quickly uh dame would be asking for a trade if that tra- if that is the if that was the big roster shakeup that he got handed he'd be furious but do you think um, Oklahoma, we both know Kimba Walker, who has been rumored to be a Mav. It's funny because it's actually Al Horford's fault why Kimba Walker is not a Mav right now yep. because he opted out of his $30 million contract and went to Philly, which gave Boston enough money to get Kimba. And yep. then Kimba was 100% coming to the Mavs is what all reports say. And then went there because of the winning opportunity and everything else. He's with Oklahoma City now. We both know how that story is going to end. He'll be traded. I doubt it's like Al Horford, where Al Horford made it past the trade deadline with them. I would think that he'll be traded before them, if not this summer during the draft. I would be surprised. I think they trade him him before the season starts. I legitimately would be surprised if if they are not able to trade him. I wouldn't be surprised if they start talking about buying. Well, and he's another guy that was linked to the Lakers as well. And has been. If a buyout happens, watch out. I don't think the Mavs would be a trade partner for them because we have no draft capital. And that's apparently he wants 92 first round picks over the next five years in Oklahoma City. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he keeps, you know, you look at the amount of draft picks that he's, that they've collected. It's insane. I don't know what they're going to do with it. You can't even literally, if you drafted all those players, you couldn't have a single veteran player what, on the roster. What free agent wants to play there? Yeah, what free agent is right mind like to see the way they hold these players hostage and they have no control where they go yeah. who who wants that yeah i don't know yeah, I, I don't know i mean i get it it's the nba that it's technically this that situation everywhere else but why would you willingly sign a contract there you're not winning a championship with three, i mean what when's the last what's the last team that built like a young golden state that's it yeah yeah that's it like without without using free agency and then technically half of their reign was with kd yeah yeah i mean yeah absolutely you know and and by the way when they did that they got so lucky on some of those draft picks that it's just you know sure draymond green was a steal oh and then like minnesota passing on curry because they already had rubio like we've already got a point guard like yeah exactly we're good we're good yeah no so they got you know that kind of thing it doesn't happen you don't you don't build in the nba that way sure um and the miss rate on draft picks is way too high unless you have top two or three the miss rate is just crazy high even then look at markel fultz i mean shit ben simmons is about to be traded yeah I mean, and he was one of the biggest no-brainer draft picks. Yeah, he was the last was, decade. He was, you know, one of the one of the rare situations in the NBA draft where there was no debate as to who the best player was and who was going number one. And that doesn't happen very often, even yeah. in the NBA. So, um, who? Let me ask you this: Who right now? Because we haven't talked about the GM spot much. We've talked about the coach. Yeah, I don't know how to talk about the GM spot, bro, because I think it'll be Finley. Um, he's the odds-on favorite again. Yeah. I really, 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 really hope I – can't, I can't say his name. I don't know his name, but I know no. he's a fabulous GM. The, uh, the dude from Toronto. Oh, Measury? Yeah, there you go. Uh, I would – I'm the not – Dogs agree, that. so that's good. Huh? So the dogs agree, so that's good. Yes, they're in uh they are in lockstep with me. Um I would love at least I just have that hope alive because I think he's one of the two or three best GMs in the league. So correct me if I'm wrong. Um, this is not something I research, so I'm t- kind of talking out of my ass here. Yeah, right. But you have to have a draft pick to pry a GM from somewhere, correct? His contract is up. His contract 
is expired. When right now? Yeah, it, as, as of the end of the league year, his contract is expired. So is, so is that technically July first, or is that technically when their season ended? Uh, no, no, no. It's it's the end of the league year, which is July first or June, the end of this month, or you okay. know, twelve oh one midnight uh, on July first is the first day of the new league year, and at that point, his contract with Toronto is expired. He is free to negotiate right now, and he could agree to terms with another team to become their GM and then they would sign it on July 1st. So okay. it would cost us nothing. He is available and he has spoken uh, publicly about not being sure if ownership in Toronto is really looking to win right now. That doesn't sound like a GM who's ready to come back. Well, you know, Lowry is going to walk for nothing. Yeah. Yeah, well, dude, uh, Lowry's going to walk. I mean, think about this, hypothetically. Let's say we, we bring him in, we sign him as the, the, the GM. He's automatically, Lowry's going to walk, so there's, he's got a foot in the door with Lowry. You know, he's got a connection there. And DeRozan. DeRozan, exactly. And there was another, uh, oh, yeah, Kawhi Leonard. And Mark, and Mark Gasol. Like, oh. yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm not saying, and obviously I'm not saying that we would or could sign all four of those players, right. but those are four significant free agents that he would have connections to that could be very interesting. Um, and I part, and part of the reason, aside from how good he is, that I'd be interested in, in him or someone like him is I kind of just want a fresh start. You know what I mean? Across the board, I love Michael Finley. I will always love Michael Finley. One right. of my, That's my where favorite. it all started. That's the organization. That trade that involved Kid. he was a throw-in piece yeah. at the time. Yep. And he ended up being an all-star player. And Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, he's probably my fourth favorite Maverick of all time. You yeah. know? Um, but if because he it would be his first time being a GM it would work and I'm not saying this would happen but it there the possibility of him getting run rough shot over you know and basically being a GM in name only and right. being, and Bob Volgaris and Mark Cuban just doing things exactly how they want worries me so if he's gonna come in and, and do things his way and have a good uh, you know a good game plan and and do it right fine I just don't want status quo from the last two or three years. If the reports that you read in, like what we read in the athletic, is accurate, I don't want any part of that. Right, that it's just Cuban puppeteering. Yeah, everything, Cuban basically. and Bob Volgaris running things, and I'm not interested in that. I want basketball so, people. Here's a question. So one of my things, like, like I don't even think of. I'm not even thinking of a name with GM. I want a GM that trusts scouts and <laughs> is actually going to go out there and be a baller in the draft. Because I think of where this team could be you know differently that being said um we don't have a draft pick this year so th their ability to scout really doesn't matter, <laughs> really no, doesn't not, matter at least season. not within the next you know 12 months it doesn't really but right. yeah but that that's something that's important to me because i still and we'll see maybe i'll have to eat crow on it but i still think that sadiq bay i think that Dude, anybody, yes Man, yeah. I'll give you, I'll give the whole Terrence man, dude. Nobody knew this guy was gonna fucking be a baller like that. No one. He's no. like Donovan Mitchell 2.0, right? Basically, is what is it that just happened late in the year. But as far as Sadiq Bay, everyone knew it. Yeah, everyone knew that Sadiq Bay was gonna be a good player, right? So that's my one, and that's that's big, man. And then like Don, Dennis Dennis Smith, you know, that oh. the situation with him. It's just, like I said, it, it went into Luca. I'm giving it a reset. It all resets July 1 to see where it goes. There's a lot of time to make this ship right. And hell, we've seen coaches take teams to championships the first year. Look at Steve Kerr. So yeah. it very much could happen. It very, very, very much could happen right now and not reset anything. But man, dude, like, I just, I don't want to believe some of the nonsense that I've been reading. And I, it's just funny to me, a story gets leaked. It's bullshit, according to Cuban. Uh, 24 hours later. Less than. Because the, the time clock, last week, Monday, Cato releases a story, right? Yep. Tuesday, Donnie's fired. Wednesday, who's going to be the GM? Thursday, Rick steps down. Yep. 
There's rumors about Luca being upset, which he was, because him and Donnie are friends. Uh, a personal upset, not upset like I'm not signing. And here we are. Here we stand now, like uh, trying to just – it's wild because instead of just thinking what they're going to do as a player, it's from the top to the – it's everywhere. Like what are they doing for every single situation? And, man, the next five years is going to be shaped in the next 10 days. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's – I mean, it, and it yeah. can go – if you think about it, you know, the the width that it could swing in from good to bad or, or you know, all the, the variables are so crazy and what kind of effect it could have on this franchise. You know, like you just look at other, other franchises that have swung so wildly because of a head coach hiring or a GM hiring or things like that. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. And you just got to hope, you just got to hope that Cuban, you just got to hope they pick the right, you know, the right guys. Because the truth is uh, half the guys that get picked for head coaching jobs in the NBA, it's not like football to me, where mm-hmm. when, a, when, a, when a guy gets picked for a head coaching job in football, because offense and defense are so separate, you can really determine or it's a lot easier to determine who is good at this and who is good at that. And what scheme is, you know, this, all the, all the kind of minutia is easier to, right. to, to parse out in basketball, the assistant coaches. I, yeah, I like when Terry Stotts got the, uh, the Portland job, I knew who Terry Stotts was, but I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you anything about him in, in prior other than, he got the fourth job. In the NBA, and this isn't to damn the coaching because, man, it, it, it's being a coach. Like, look at Phil Jackson, you know, like being a coach means something. Yeah. <laughs> um, to me, some of the more most important things for being a coach are number one, time management. Like, you controlling those timeouts can dictate. Like, look at Rick Carlisle, game one. Yeah. Uh, that's the Mavs won because of his ability to stop. Like, he knew, he felt it. He knew, like, when Kawhi, posterized uh kleba he knew like stop it yeah stop this game man having your finger on the pulse of the ebbs and flows of the game sure and then and then adjustments making adjustments in a series or in a game is also very very important i know that's one of the big knocks against stats and one reason why portland moved on is that he just and players would make fun of it to dame apparently too just doesn't know how to adjust on the fly Rick, I think, was very good at adjustments, so I'm, I'm intrigued to see that. One of Rick's biggest problems was trusting youth, with the exception yeah. of Luca, yeah. and rotations. It always took him longer than anyone to figure out how he was going to use them. Once he figured it out, it was fine. But yeah. you're looking at 10 games of, like, what, what's going on here, you know, every yeah. season. And, and when, you've got, when you've got a team like – you know, the 2010, 2011 team where, you know, or any team from when he was hired through about 2014, you can bank on the fact that we're going to win 50 plus games. Those 10 games, they matter, but it's not that big of a deal. Whereas now that's not where we're at. We're not an established veteran team. No, because if that 10 games could be a play in tournament, dude. Absolutely. You know, the the way, the way it's set up now could be the difference between being, because you can't just be a seven or eight seed and be your, your, like, look what happened to Golden State. Golden State is a better team than Memphis, even with the injuries. And yeah. they play that. If that's a three-game series, it's probably a different story, right? Absolutely. And, and don't get me wrong, man. I was very proud of Memphis. They played very good. They played really hard. John Moran is an absolute star, but they're not in the same stratosphere as, as the other as, as Golden State with Curry. No, you know? no, not even close. So I mean, I'm intrigued to see where it goes, man. I don't um have any thought. Like my thoughts, it's hard for me because you know everybody talks about measury, right? Um if if, if that's how you pronounce it's like the it's like sala measuries like the old map you know player yeah but i'm intrigued by him but at the same time toronto fellows fell apart this year you know sayakam they think he's the guy he might not actually be it might actually be x or y or z they can't even get a deal on kyle lowry at the trade deadline you to, to get a draft pick back masai ujiri sorry go ahead ujiri, excuse me ujiri. yeah i was thinking of sala as well yeah. Yeah. Like, couldn't even get a trade. Like, you couldn't get Miami to give you some fucking shit for Kawhi, for Kyle Lowry. I like, I so those things kind of worry me. But once again, 
beggars can't be choosers. I think that me as the GM might be better than what's been going on. I kid, I kid. But, you know, it's funny because the, the process has been somewhat right the last few years. Trading Curry for Josh Richardson and uh, James Johnson was absolutely the right move. It was absolutely the right move. It just On paper, work. it didn't work. Absolutely. But you added defenders. And if and you know what? If we don't trade for Reddick, which was also the right move yeah. analytically, yeah. if we don't do that, James Johnson comes in very, very handy for our Mavs, and they might win. Absolutely. And and this is where it starts getting sticky because you could very easily argue that the reason all of those things didn't work is because of Rick. Right. You could very we, we go to Rondo. We go to Rondo, dude. Yeah. Like Josh Jackson, I'm intrigued because Josh, I'm interested to hear what his money line is going to be because what he know what his agent tells him depends on what he's going to do. He can opt in and make $11 million, which I'll take. Dude, I think he'll be fine with for $11 million? I, Most people are freaking out. Like, I think he would be one of the best deals in the league possibly if used correctly. But I'm thinking he's going to be more in the 14 to 16 range. He costs himself probably... $10 million this year. At least. Yeah. Yeah. I, here's the thing. Even if he does opt in, even if we decide he's, he is, would be a perfect piece to include in a trade. Yeah, exactly. For, yeah. For the right exactly. Right. I, sure. I, I, I'm good either way. If he yeah, opting in does not mean he's going to be here. I mean, he's been involved in trades. He is a wing defender, a three and D guy. And that's very valuable in today's NBA. Would you rather have Jay Crowder or Josh Richardson? I mean, I think Josh Richardson. Although Jay Crowder is playing phenomenal in the playoffs. Jay, Jay is playing his ass off right now, and I always like Jay Crowder. So I'd probably take Jay Crowder, but six in one hand, half dozen in the other. And, right. and uh, I also think that Josh, Josh Richardson's head got fucked up. I think Rick Carlisle fucked his head up a little bit. You know, I think him benching him, and I think he needed to bench him. But I think, I think if Rick was smart he would have going into the playoffs found a way to get josh richardson confident again going into the playoffs because we desperately needed him to have some confidence in his shot and and be a lot more comfortable playing alongside luca because again on paper that dude is the picture perfect wing to play alongside luca and that's why like i agree that's what's so hard about this because they would the like in the offseason, if I'm grading it, I'm like, okay, I love the Tyrell Terry pick. I don't like the Josh Green pick, but I like the trade. So, you know, I gave it a solid B in my thoughts for what happened in the offseason. So it I like just being a visionary and getting it. Like, I don't know what it's gonna take. I don't know what they're going to do. You know, we're looking at a at a we don't know what the NBA landscape is going to look at like next year. This seems like the most parody I've seen in the NBA in a very long time. The last four teams standing haven't won in 38 years, yeah. right? Two of the teams have never won. And I just don't think that that's going to be the norm next year. I think that it balances itself back out. Brooklyn's healthy. Lakers are healthy. You know, you look at these things and all of a sudden you're fighting against LeBron and AD. So we're not just thinking about how to get past the team like the Clippers, right? It's like, how do you get over the LeBron James healthy on a mission because he got eliminated in the first round? How do you get past the Nets who, you know, didn't didn't get it done a la kind of like Miami their first year? It's going to be an intriguing narrative next year, man. And I said to, to me, I, I, if I was putting money on the books, I would pick the Dallas Mavs to be in the championship two years from now. I, you know, I see, and I'm not, I'm not that confident yet. Because I would, if, if I was going to Vegas anytime soon, I, I would put fifty dollars on Luca. Just fifty, though. I'm not a big game, but I put fifty on Luca being the MVP next season, and I put another fifty on the Mavs being the. I don't know if it's a champ. You can't do. We have to do winner, right? You can't just do in championship. But I would do representing the Western Conference two years from now. That's, well, I'm going to I'm Vegas. Doing. I'm going to Vegas in two weeks. So if you want me to, I'll put that money down for you, sir. Okay, I'll send it to you. I'll Venmo it to you. Yes, I know Luca for yeah, Luca for MVP next season and for that absolutely. All right. Well, I'm going July Fourth weekend, so I'll go put it down for you. I'll go to MGM Sportsbook and throw it down. All right. So we've got 
hopefully uh monday's podcast next week we're going to be talking about the new coach and uh gm gm before we uh before we wrap this up who your picks who are your picks now for the remaining four teams what do you what do you think we're looking at for the, the finals and uh and who do you think is going to be getting a ring this year i have a really weird feeling that cp3 and Kawhi are going to be back game three yeah yeah i mean cp3 ought to be his is he's not even injured it's just bullshit it's what a weird crazy. weird thing yeah yeah i've got uh milwaukee versus phoenix milwaukee winning in five I think Milwaukee wins in five. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going, I'm with you on Milwaukee, but I think, and Phoenix, but I think Phoenix wins in six. Okay. All right. Well, we might have ourselves a little, uh, a little challenge or something when it gets closer. We'll see. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think Atlanta, I, I, good for them, but yeah, damn, man. like, wow. <laughs> by the way, sorry, one other quick note. If by some, un, I don't know, like Nate McMillan is not, officially still not officially their head coach and is not under contract what a tremendous job i would take, I would oh take nate, nate mcmillan on this team like yesterday again let's go they need to be as soon as the hawks get eliminated mark needs to pick that phone up and offer him the job i don't care if we have a gm or not I'd take that's another that's another proof because it was their biggest issue was just schemes and rotations yep. Like it was bad, and yeah. they just completely same. Like they didn't make, they traded Rondo away for Lou Williams, right? Yeah. That was the one move they made, yeah. and they were already on a tremendous win streak before they made that move too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and when they when they fired their head coach, they were something like in tenth place in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, you know, fired him, put uh, put. Uh, uh, I just said his name and now my brain isn't working. Nate McMillan. Thank you. Nate McMillan put him in place. And uh, now they're in the Eastern conference finals, you know, and all it took was just, like you said, balancing the rotations, controlling, you know, ebbs and flows and getting out of the way and letting your players play. Yeah. You know? No, true thing. It's, I think it's, it's a good time to, you know, we look at Atlanta, you see what happens there with a move. I think it's a good time to be a Mavs fan, obviously, because you've got one of the best players on the planet. But I think there's a lot of optimism to be had. Like, as far as, like, coaching goes, there's not too many decisions, I think, that would upset me. Um, I'm a walk-on-eggshell type guy right now. What what I mean by that is the coaches that I want them to pick are going to be coaches that would attract players. Um, I do think that – is it Becky Hammond? Is that her name? I think Becky Hammond is going to be a badass fucking coach. Good for her. I just don't think that's right for what I want here because I think that she's Popovich like um, she comes from the Popovich tree and that's fine for like a Charlotte Hornets. That's fine for a Cleveland Cavaliers, a team that is trying to Um, get an identity, become a winning franchise again. And they're doing it all with young players, but for an organization that's trying to bring players in for a, for a first time head coach who comes from that school of thinking thought and everything else, I don't think that's what the Mavs need. So that's that's why I'm out on her. I I, and I don't disagree with you, but it wouldn't surprise me if she'd be the choice. Because if there was – Mark Cuban, A, right now, would could really use some good PR. Oh, I know. I know. And, I thought about it. He loves being groundbreaking and, sure. and all it, – it just seems like a Mark Cuban move. But I my bet – is she's a uh i think she goes to portland yeah i think she goes to portland they're interviewing billups in her second interviews right today yeah quick question where do you think rick goes do you think oh, I mean, boston boston 100 yeah. percent. it was gonna be boston and milwaukee but milwaukee he he's he not gonna they're, they're gonna keep coach buck yeah uh but i i think it's either boss i think it's either boston or he goes back to indiana one of the two well he loves dwight powell so let's trade him dwight powell for uh, marcus smart yeah. <laughs> let's go hey hey coach let's you know Look, give me one of your guys we'll go. they're not trading marcus smart this year it's not happening with with brad uh with what's the coach uh brad uh Sorry, brain's not working again. The guy who was their head coach, who's now their GM in Boston. I don't know. They get that white boy, dude. I think that's why they did that. They got uh, 
he is good, man. Is it one, not Wanamaker? What is his name? Um, dude, he, I'm telling you, I don't I'm telling you, he's a rookie this year. Peyton Pritchard. Oh, okay. I'm telling you, that's that's 100% why they moved on. I, I, well, it, yes, but the, the problem you got, Brad, whatever, I can't remember his last name, but there, who Brad was Stevens. there? There you go, Brad Stevens. And one of the things that is coming out today is like his love affair with Marcus Smart. Like he would elevate, you know, talk, talk so good about him and was disrespectful to other players. And that's part of the reason why him and Kimba didn't get along. But anyway, yeah. we'll see. A lot, right. of, lot of, a lot of shit up in the air right now in the, uh, in the association. So it really is, man. It really is. So yes, this is the goal line fade and wow. What a crazy week. Um, once again, I think it worked out, you know, Brian and I are going to be doing reactionary things. And I think that's important. But I, it was kind of cool how we kind of just organically were able to sit in and kind of, because your opinions go when, when you're, it's a new GM and Rick Carlisle, your opinion is really different than it is today, I think. And we've kind of had a moment to kind of get all the facts, kind of breathe everything in, the, the likes, the hates, the thoughts, the everything. Like I went from disliking Rondo so much to now I'm kind of like, still don't like the guy i think he's kind of an asshole but you know what maybe i've been unfair <laughs> that's a lot that's a lot for me Dwayne wade will never get that apology from no me. no Dwayne. Dwayne wade is my least favorite basketball player of all time ever ever yeah, the I, only I way i could him. dislike Dwayne wade more is if he was an eagles fan that is it that's the oh, only is. way that's the only thing everything else i can't i can't do it but i'm with you Fuck Rondo, just fuck him a little less. Yes, yes. Just a little. Even even, even us, even we can forgive. Yeah, I mm. mean, I don't forgive him, but fuck him less. <laughs> All right, yeah, he wasted the last prime year of Dirk, motherfucker. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for the goal line fade. As always, all the listens, thoughts, uh, shares, anything like that, we appreciate so much. Um, like I said, we're gonna keep producing content. We're gonna keep talking, and this is gonna be a fun little ride. Um, I know what my thoughts are right now, and I've made them very, very clear. And I'm, I'm interested to see what my thoughts are next week because this is an ongoing, this has been a wild roller coaster this last three weeks in Mavs land. So it's actually helping us get through this baseball lull. Cowboys are right around the corner. Come on, Mavs, keep going. Yeah. Keep it up. Keep it up. Just three more weeks or so, and we're good. Give us yes. three more weeks of content. Training camp starts. Yes. All right, that is it. This is the goal line fade. I am Zach. He is Brian, and we're out. Peace.